The 2024 Super Rugby season gets off to a ridiculously exciting start, while the URC finally returns to action after their long winter's nap. And here in the USA, the MLR gets ready for their season with not one, not two, but three new teams. The season four premiere of the Rugby Report starts right now. Hey everybody and welcome to the February 26, 2024 edition of the Rugby Report, your weekly recap and preview podcast of all things rugby. My name is Dwayne Burkhardt and in this episode, our favorite sport returns to action all over the world and we are here to cover it all. So let's get right to it. We will start in the lands down under where the 2024 Super Rugby Pacific season began with what Marvin the Martian would call an earth-shattering kaboom as the Waikato Chiefs hosted the Canterbury Crusaders in a rematch of the infamous 2023 championship game. It was a just plain perfect night for rugby. Like many Super Rugby teams this year, these two teams are starting a number of new players in key positions including Xavier Rowe, who I was deeply skeptical of when I saw him get the start over heir apparent Cortez Rotima. But after the game he turned in, well, welcome to Super Rugby, Mr. Rowe. You are going to fit right in. And he did in this battle between two teams who are still pretty much without argument the two best teams in the league. The battle began with the team's trading penalty kicks, but then in the 16th minute, Multi-sport superstar Kalen Boshier, who captained the New Zealand Under-19's national cricket team a few years back and was a key part of the Taranaki Bulls' NPC Championship last year, rather brilliantly stuck his hand through about a half a dozen players and downed the ball over the try line, giving the Chiefs a 10-3 lead. The Chiefs made it 17-3 just a few minutes later and, for a moment, looked like they might dominate the team that arguably stole last year's championship from them. But the Crusaders are, by far, the most successful team in league history. And they didn't get that way by falling apart just because they were down by a couple of scores. And in the second half, down 27-10, they scored 19 unanswered points, and with just 13 minutes to play, took their first lead 29-27. But the Chiefs, still stinging over one of their worst non-calls in league history, a call that cost them last year's title, simply wanted it more. And in the final minutes of the game, the entire team seemed to shift into an entirely new gear of guts and determination, forcing and converting two penalties, and in a just plain heart-stopping and thrilling opener, emphatically began their campaign with a victory over the defending 2023 champions, although for those who heard the final episode of Season 2 of this podcast, you know that I will forever be putting an asterisk by that title. The full-time score, Chiefs 33, Crusaders 29. We head to Melbourne for the Aussie opener next, where the Melbourne Rebels began their 2024 campaign against an always tough Canberra Brumbies team. The Rebels were also fighting bad news at home as media reports swirled last week that the team is in deep financial trouble and may not survive beyond this season. The Rebels have also been a frankly snake-bitten team in recent years, making frankly good trades for key players, but then suffering setbacks and injuries that have kept them from reaching their potential. Will 2024 be their year? I don't know. 
but putting a team under already that much pressure up against the best team in Australia on opening night? Well, that was always going to be a big ask. And frankly, the Rebels just weren't up to it. The Brumbies scored their first try in the fourth minute and basically never looked back. They led 17-3 at the half without breaking a sweat or even seeming to get their jerseys dirty. And they cruised to a 30-3 win. We'll stay in Australia now, but head all the way out west, where the Western Force opened their season against the Wellington Hurricanes. The Canes are without superstar Julian Savia for the first time since 2010, but they still have a backfield that includes Jordy Barrett, Billy Proctor, and now Kenny Naholo. And they're starting the season with three star fly halves, including emerging superstar Cam Roygaard. So they're not exactly panicking in Wellington. The Force, on the other hand, spent their offseason opening their pocketbooks wide, spending God only knows how much to acquire Wallabies starter Nick White, not to mention how much more they had to pay for White's mustache, as well as a bevy of other talented stars from around the world, including Harry Potter, the rugby player, not the wizard. Although, frankly, they could have used the wizard as well. The 2023 Force were somewhat infamous for being a second-half team often coming from behind in spectacular form in the back half of games, and they began 2024 in much the same way. The problem, of course, is that rugby is a game that has two halves, and you really do need to show up for both of them. And in this game, the Force clearly didn't get the memo on when the game started. And by the time they did, in the second half, they were already down 22-0. That said, The Force were definitely more forceful in the second half, but they were also reckless, inexperienced, and mistake-prone on too many occasions, where the Hurricanes looked polished and methodical. And in the end, it was a pretty emphatic win by the Canes. Full-time score, Force 14, Hurricanes 44. Heading back across the Tasman to New Zealand now, we land in Auckland, where the Blues, who are once again loaded with both talent and potential, started their season against last season's most surprising and exciting team, particularly at home, the Fijian Drua. The game's first try included a bit of a bizarre hitch when the conversion was denied after the wind at the stadium blew the ball off the kicking tee and time ran out. But it didn't matter. The Blues racked up 17 points to start the game, and after Hoskins Satutu scored one of the more bizarrely lucky tries you'll ever see right before the half, it was 29-3 Blues. The Druid did come to life in the second half, showing at least some of the explosive power and speed that they're capable of, but it was far too little and too late. To be honest, the entire second half of this game was frankly a bit of a yawner and the Blues cruised to a 34-10 victory. Next up, we return to my favorite stadium on Planet Rugby, and that is, of course, Forsyth Bar Stadium in Dunedin, where my hometown Highlanders opened their 2024 campaign against Moana Pacifica. And the zoo, the end of the stadium open to thousands of University of Otago students, was rockin'. Both of these teams had disappointing seasons in 2023, with the Highlanders just missing the playoffs and Moana not winning a single game. And in the offseason, 
Both teams cleaned house, including new head coaches, rugby legend Tana Umaga now leads Pacifica, and Jamie Joseph, the man who led the Highlanders to their only title back in 2015, has returned to the center seat in Dunedin. The teams also went out and recruited lots of new players, including international superstar and World Cup MVP Julian Savia, who instantaneously and single-handedly makes Pacifica a team to be taken very seriously in 2024, and Reese Patchell, former starting fly half for the Welsh national team, who takes over that spot for the Highlanders. But there are also lots of lesser-known new players on these squads. In fact, if you saw the opening lineups for this game and thought, who are these freaking guys? You were not alone. That said, the game also featured one face that was both new and not new. And that would be emerging star Sam Gilbert, who came into this game looking one year older and about five years tougher. Seriously, I don't know what this guy was doing in the offseason, but he's got about four more inches of neck and you're going to need a decimal point to read this guy's body fat. Welcome back, Sam. We'll be looking forward to your new line of workout videos soon. But let's talk about the game. Okay, well, it was a hard-fought back-and-forth battle between what turned out to be pretty evenly matched teams. And in the early minutes, Pacifica jumped out to the lead. But then the Highlanders joined in the scoring, and the hard-hitting lead-trading action was on. Pacifica scored just before the half to take a 16-14 lead into the sheds, and then the teams traded tries and ended up locked at 21 apiece before the Highlanders took their next lead 28-21. Pacifica battled back and had their chances to tie it again, but in the 72nd minute, a breakaway run by Withy leads to a pass to Nariki, which leads to a play that has to be seen to be believed. Nariki makes a weak pass to emerging superstar Falau Fakatava, who, in one motion, catches the ball on the ends of his fingernails, and, again, in one motion, makes a spectacular catch, and, as he's falling down, completes a no-look, behind-the-back pass to Billy Harmon, who finds now Man of Steel lookalike Sam Gilbert on the outside, who scores the try, and it is game over. As my Highlanders start their season with a thrilling win over a vastly improved Moana Pacifica team. Full-time score, Highlanders 35, Pacifica 21. And finally this weekend, the only game I got wrong as the Queensland Reds began their 2024 season against their arch-rivals and next-door neighbors, the New South Wales Waratahs. Now, it wasn't that I didn't have respect for the Reds or their players, but the Taz were simply a bigger, better, and tougher team than the Reds last year, and I hadn't seen anything in the preseason to change my view. Well, I have now. To be clear, the first half of this game was a really entertaining back-and-forth battle, with the Taz taking an early 3-0 lead before Tate McDermott's pass to Hasami gave the Reds their first lead, and then the Taz picked off a pass and went 50 meters the other way to go up 10-7, and then the back-and-forth try trading continued. Reds 14-10, Taz 15-14, and finally Reds 21-15 to close out the half. But as I've noted many times on this podcast, rugby is a game with two halves. And in the second half, the Reds took over. 
and did not look back. The Taz did add a try in the second half, but the Reds added three and were basically in complete control of the game. Full-time score, Reds 40, Waratahs 22. Looking ahead to round two, it is Super Round time already! And that means that all 12 teams will gather in the same stadium and enjoy a weekend of rugby in the same place. As it was in 2023, this year's Super Round is being hosted by Melbourne, which means the games are taking place at Amy Park, or, as fans of this pod know, I more accurately call Seagull Stadium. The action begins with a true test for the Otago Highlanders as they take on the Auckland Blues. The Highlanders looked convincing against a vastly improved Pacifica team in round one, but will they have what it takes to stop the Blues? I'd love to be wrong, but I don't think so. Blues win. Next up is what I like to call the Star Wars matchup of the year, as the Super Round hometown Melbourne Rebels host the Western Force. Everyone who knows the recent history of this league knows that these two teams do not like each other. So don't be surprised if the boys from Perth use a bit of extra force on their opponents. How will this game go? Well, I know the Rebels are in desperate need of some good news for their franchise. But I think the force will turn to the dark side, use the force, and they will down the Rebels. Force win. Next up, it's a battle between the two most recent expansion teams, as Moana Pacifica will face off against the Fijian Drua. Both teams are coming off disappointing losses in round one, and as I have already noted in this podcast, this is not last year's Pacifica team. But will they have enough talent now to beat the Drua? I don't know. Last year I would have said, not a chance. But Pacifica now has Julian Savia, and the fact is that the Drua have had trouble playing on the road. So I'm going to go on a bit of a limb here, and I'm going to say that Pasifika earns their first win since 2022 in this game. Pasifika wins in an upset. Next up, the defending champions, with an asterisk, Crusaders, take on the New South Wales Waratahs. The Taz ran out of gas against the Reds in round one. Will they fare better against a rebuilding Crusader squad? Maybe, but I doubt it. Even a rebuilding Crusaders team is going to be hard to beat and I think they rebound here. Crusaders win. The fifth game of the weekend is my pick for Game of the Week, as the Waikato Chiefs, last year's should-have-been champions, face off against the best team in Australia, the Canberra Brumbies. The Chiefs began their Super Round game in Melbourne last year with the fastest try in league history. Less than nine seconds into the game. Watch it again on YouTube, folks. It really does have to be seen to be believed. Don't expect a repeat of that in this game, but with that said, this game, friends, this game could be really good. The Chiefs, like most of the New Zealand squads, are rebuilding this year with a lot of new faces. While the Brumbies have returned for 2024, looking like an organized, trained, highly prepared, and well-oiled machine. This game could be a shocker, but until someone knocks the Chiefs off the top of the mountain, I'm sticking with them. Look for this to be a great game, but in the end, the Chiefs prevail. 
And finally, Super Round comes to a close when the Wellington Hurricanes face off against the Queensland Reds. When these two teams played last year in Queenstown, the Canes embarrassed the Reds, something I'm sure they will come into this game remembering. But even though the Hurricanes are also rebuilding, as previously noted, they are doing so with some just plain ridiculous backfield talent. And as impressive as the Reds were against the Taz in round one, I have a hard time believing they will do the same against the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes will blow through again, and the Reds will fall to one and one. Canes win. Now, let's head to Europe and South Africa and quickly check in on round 10 action in the URC. It was a frankly predictable round, with one exception, which began when Munster went to Wales and pummeled the Scarlets 42-7, followed by Edinburgh journeying to Zebra, where they held on to beat the Parma 24-19. Next up, the Pretoria Bulls continued their dominating ways by going into Johannesburg and trampling the Lions 25-10, which is not an easy thing to do, so well done to the Bulls. While up in Ireland, perennial league-leading Leinster pounded Benetton 47-18. Meanwhile, back in Durban, South Africa, the Stormers blew into town and took out the the what-the-heck-has-happened-to-this-team-this-year Sharks 25-21. Moving back up to Wales, my favorite Welsh team, the Cardiff Blues, were game, but not game enough against my favorite Irish side, Connacht, who did just enough to come away with the 16-12 victory there. Next, the absolutely playoff-bound Glasgow Warriors were once again Dragon Slayers as they allowed the Dragons into Scottsdown Stadium and then carved them up. Full-time score there was 40-7 Warriors. Ouch. Finally, the weekend's URC action came to a close with, once again, the only game I got wrong in that league this week, as the Ospreys hosted and surprisingly to me, then held on to beat Ulster 19-17. This coming weekend, Edinburgh will host the Ospreys in a game which could be close, but my loyalty to my youngest daughter requires me to predict that Edinburgh will prevail. Munster will then host and, I believe, defeat Zebra. On Saturday, the Lions will eat the Sharks up in Joburg, But after that game, which should be a bit of a yawner in my opinion, there are two games in a row that should be really good. First, in Italy, Benetton, easily the most improved team of the year, and apparently headed to not only making the playoffs this year, but hosting a playoff game, will welcome the second-ranked Glasgow Warriors to town. Now, I seriously have no idea who wins this game. On paper, the Warriors should win. But Benetton is at home, and if they are truly going to be Italy's first powerhouse team in the URC, at some point, they are going to have to find a way to win games like this one. And incidentally, if they do, then watch out for Benetton as the season begins to wind down. I have to pick someone, so I'm going with the math and I'm taking the Warriors, but this could be good. And if that wasn't interesting enough, at the same time, the Bulls will welcome the Stormers to Loftus Versfeld in Pretoria. This is number three versus number six, easily the two top sides in South Africa. The Stormers had a rough start to this season, but they are clawing their way back into contention. Can they beat the Bulls at home?
Well, they can, but I don't think they will. Bulls win. But don't be surprised if this game is a barn burner. Finally, in the late games, Connacht will host and defeat the Scarlets, Cardiff will host and then sadly be crushed by league-leading Leinster, and Ulster will return home and bounce back by beating the hapless Dragons. Now finally today, let's have a look at round one in the MLR here in the USA. The 2024 season begins here on Saturday at the Gold Mine in New Orleans, where the NOLA Gold will host, and I predict defeat, the DC Old Glory. We then travel down Interstate 10 to Houston for the next game, where the Sabercats begin their 2024 campaign against the Utah Warriors in a game that is definitely one of the games of the week. I'm going with the Sabercats here, but only because they're at home. Next, we go to the Northwest for a battle of perennial powerhouses as the Seattle Seawolves start their season against their major and longtime foe, the San Diego Legion. The Legion have come oh so close to a championship more than once in recent years, losing last year's grand final by just one point. And going into Seattle and beating their biggest divisional rival is a tall order. But I think they will. Legion win. Next, the first of three new expansion teams, the Miami Sharks, will host my Chicago Hounds. The Hounds had a disastrous inaugural season last year, but I predict that they will start 2024 with a how, and they will fillet the Sharks on the road. Next up, Anthem RC, Carolina's new MLR franchise, will host the defending champion New England Free Jacks, who will welcome, but then also presumably crush, Anthem in their opener. And finally in round one, our third new franchise this year goes to Los Angeles as RFC LA hosts last year's cellar dwellers, the Dallas Jackals. Los Angeles, as you may remember, was once home to the worst named franchise of not just Major League Rugby, but of all professional sports, period. That would be the LA Giltinis, who, despite winning a championship, were run out of the MLR on a rail a couple of years ago after threatening to bolt to another league. But apparently the city of LA has been forgiven and is now being given a new franchise. Although I think we've all noticed that since the name of the team is literally just RFC LA, the league was clearly not willing to give the city another chance at naming a team. I have no idea who wins this game, but I'm going to go with LA just because it's nice to have them back. And that's it, folks. That's all the time we have for this, the February 26, 2024 edition of the Rugby Report. Thank you for listening. Please do tell all of your rugby friends about us and hit that subscribe button. Until next time, remember that there's nothing better in life than friends. Other than friends and rugby, of course. See you next time. This episode of The Rugby Report is the 2024 copyrighted property of Narratives, LLC. It is intended for the free, private, and non-commercial use of its listeners only and may not be rebroadcast or retransmitted, either in whole or part, without written permission. Please email info at narrativesllc.com for more information. Bloopers! Where the Melbourne Rebels begin... Where the Melbourne Rebels... Why am I having trouble with Melbourne Rebels? Ha 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 ha! Well, the... Well... <laughs>
<laughs> okay, keep going. Uh, where am I? That's all the time we have for this, the February... Uh, <laughs>